You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. Oh, he What's did it! No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Weather's changing out here a little bit. It's starting to get a little chilly, man. Uh, I asked it. you what's been going on in your life, and you brought up the weather, Mark Gunnels. I mean, that's part of my life. I'm, I'm, I'm going shopping, bro. I got to get a whole new wardrobe. It's time to, <laughs> time to switch it up. I'm about to switch it up, man. It's about time. You're trying to keep up with me, is what it seems like. I, I done put you to shame so many times on this on this podcast <laughs> and this platform that you like. You know what? Let wow. me let, let me go to the wardrobe. Let me try and change some things up. Look like you about to go shoot an 18. <laughs> <laughs> Dude got the the hat on and the polo. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute since I got a cut, so I'm. Uh, well, it hasn't been a minute, but I just feel like it was a bad. I don't think you ever wore a hat on this show before. I know that's the first time for everything. <laughs> to send this tweet out or post on X, excuse me. To find. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take a while for you to get that down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because I got it right. Like I'm doing C dot show now on Tuesdays here six ten. If you listen to that, you heard me. I got it right. I actually corrected him a few times, but for oh. some reason, when we do this, yeah, I just I resort back to to what I'm used to. To your bad habits, you are a bad. You know, you so, are, are you saying I'm a bad influence? Is that what you're saying? Wow, your words not mine, Bart Gundles. Your words that's not crazy. Mine. <laughs> Let's get into it. She's coast to coast Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Wow, man, I'm actually smiling. It's, it's good to be back. Bart Gundles is on the West Coast. Aaron Ladd is here in KC. So is Stephen Serta behind the board. It's episode fifty six of Chiefs Coast to Coast. We have a lot to talk about. Of course, we're recapping the Chiefs' first win of the year down in Jacksonville, the good, bad, and the ugly from that. A good day for Mark Gunnels in Vegas, or a good week last time out. We'll recap his wins, as well as him handing out three more winners for the upcoming slate here in week three. It's already week three of the NFL season. Wow. And then we'll talk about the as the Chicago Bears turn, if you will. It seems like they've had Quite the eventful week, and it's only Wednesday, Sailors. So we'll look ahead to the matchup between the Chiefs and the Bears. Before we get there, we like making you all part of the show, and we hope that you're tapped in with us wherever you listen to podcasts or watch podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, X, Instagram, wherever you're tapped in with the show. We appreciate y'all checking us out. Mark Guttles is smiling there as I got it right. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> hashtag C to C. We also have a voicemail line. I'm getting kind of sad about the voicemails, man. We haven't really, y'all forgot about our voicemail line. Who got to change it or something? Yeah, we used to actually get them pretty consistently, man. I don't know what's going on. 
you know, it's still early in the season, though. Maybe people are they're getting back into the rhythm of it. You know, let's, let's give them a little grace, you know. Y'all change it up. I've been asking for people to to tell me how much money Mark Gunnels lost them. Well, I guess you can say how much money Mark Gunnels won them. This yeah, we week. won last week, baby. We in the green. <laughs> we was in the green last week. Eight one six five one four one two six seven is our voicemail line. Or how about this? Maybe Mark will send out a, a tweet or something. Or <sighs> a post. Maybe Mark will post on X going forward, getting some questions, some comments, some things that we can get involved in the show. Of course, we'll have y'all part of the show throughout the show here. Wednesdays at six is when we record hits your podcast feed on Thursdays. Let's get right into our recap. A lot to get to in this today's show. Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs Chiefs earned their first win of the 2023 regular season. I'll call it an ugly win, but a win is a win in the National Football League. 17-9 the final. Patrick Mahomes ends 29 for 41, 305, two touchdowns, one interception. Trevor Lawrence, a quiet day for him, and we talked a lot about him in the lead-up to this game and kind of the opportunity that this offense had to take the next step. They didn't do that, Mark. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 22 for 41. Same amount of uh, attempts for Lawrence and, and Mahomes. Well, 216, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 68.8 quarterback rating. The big takeaway I got from this, and we're recapping Chief Jags, both teams one and one on the year now, is the penalties for Kansas City, Mark. KC, it seemed like, got flagged at an abnormally high rate in this game. It was 12 penalties for KC for 94 yards. That makes it 15 penalties on the year for about 199 penalty yards. Are you worried about this? Is this something early in the season where teams are kind of still working out some of the jitters and chemistry type thing? Should we be worried about the penalty problem for the world champions entering week three? No, I don't think right now you should be too worried. I think when you look at these first couple games, especially when you consider there's only three preseason games now and the starters really don't play at all in that last game, don't really get that many reps, especially talking about the penalties. And most of them came from the offense and particularly, obviously, Jawan Taylor, you know, the the marked man in the league right now all of a sudden. So I do think there is some type of a little target on his back, especially the game after all the talk about what happened in the home opener against the Lions. I do think there were extra eyes on him in that game. And it got to the point where he actually got benched <laughs> for about three snaps just to kind of, you know, get some composure back, settle him down, reel him back in. And they brought him back out there. So I, I do think it was mainly just that and the combination of you have two new tackles, you know, you're you're got a new quarterback with the cadence and the snap counts and all of that type of stuff. I think it's still you're working out the kinks there, but nothing I think you should be overly concerned about considering you do have Andy Reid, you got a great offensive line coach and Andy Heck there, and you got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and it was Kelsey's first game back as well. So I think a lot of those moving parts, when you put that together, cause for a lot of these penalties and it felt like the offense really couldn't even get a, a head start because it felt like they were in third and 20 five different times in that game and yeah we see Mahomes convert that every now and then but you don't want to live in that world 
because you're pretty much you're 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 giving up the, the play for the most part, especially if your line's not holding up. You're just doing like a little screen or a draw just to make sure you don't make a mistake. So I I, I think in those situations you, you really didn't really get a fair chance to see what this offense could have done in that game because I think they're really close to breaking out. Just the penalties really killed a lot of drives. That's what penalties do, Mark. It seems like, uh, you know, you could take two steps forward with this Chiefs offense, especially early in the year. We know they're trying to get a lot of new faces and a lot of guys on the same page, not only on the offensive line, but in the wide receiver room as well. And all it takes is one little mistake to derail all of the positive progress that we've seen made from that offense, especially in the Jacksonville game. Gary has tapped in with us on YouTube, says Aaron Mark. Good to see you. Wasn't great to see the penalties, especially from Jawan Taylor. It was something that we talked about coming out of week one in the Arrowhead opener going into week two. That attention from the league office. Andy Reid asked about it today on Wednesday at the podium. This is what he had to say specifically specifically about the penalties coming out of that Jacksonville game. You know, he works hard on getting off the, the snap on time. He does that. Um, but he's just going to have to, you know, Tame that down just a little bit, you know, where where he doesn't get get called on, and that's just working through it. He and Dr. Smith have been uh, they've had some penalties, but they've also shown some glimpses of why they're proven vets in the league. Just yeah, you take the penalties away from you know seven four man. He's got he had a really good game, you know. So it's it's a shame that happened, but he's got to work on that. Donovan likewise. I mean, you're right. Donovan's kind of nice. Hey, look, take away all the mistakes I've made in my life, and, you know, I'm pretty good, you know? (laughs) No, I mean, what's he supposed to say? Obviously, no coach likes penalties. I thought his words post-game specifically, that was from the Wednesday press conference that you just heard there. His comments post-game were more stringent, were more strict and to the point. Says, hey, we can be a great offense. We have traits of a great offense, symptoms of what you've seen in the past from Kansas City. We keep shooting ourselves in the foot. We can't get out of our own way. And like you said, Mark, maybe part of that is a lot of guys trying to get back from injury, Travis Kelsey being one of them, Juwan Taylor. This is something that he's done in the past but maybe doesn't know what it's like playing under the spotlight or the, you know, having all the eyeballs of being here in chief's kingdom. This is not something that I'm worried about now necessarily, but all it takes is one of these penalties to rear their head at the wrong time. And it turns from a, a win to a loss, in my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent. You don't want to see this be a problem and cost you a potential playoff game or one of those games later in the year against the Bengals or bills that could be potentially for the one seed in the AFC. Right. So it's good to get it out early now. Um, you know, you have a pretty favorable schedule coming up on paper. So you, ideally you would hope to get the kinks out here soon, especially this week when you got a, a, a really reeling team in the Chicago Bears, to say the least. Let's go from a negative to a positive. I thought, and we've talked about the offense for Kansas City starting slow in years past, or excuse me, the defense starting slow in years past. Steve Spagnuolo's unit maybe needing some time. Um, to get everybody on the same page, figure out the calls, some new rookies and new faces along the defense has not been the case so far this year, Mark. I thought the defense has been dominant through two weeks, 23 offensive points allowed. Remember the pick six against the Lions game. And if you think without the Richie James punt, fumble, muff, whatever, I don't even know if he really got his hands on it to muff it, but without that turnover there in the short field that Jacksonville gets from there, that's points, Mark. I mean, 
the every opportunity this defense has had uh, to prove what they can do early in the year, they they've passed the test in my opinion. I think something that's a big takeaway from week two, and yes, it's just week two. It's early in the year. This team's going to face dynamic offenses later in the year as well. Uh, but so far, it's been it's been A's across the board for the Chiefs defense, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if you take away that that turnover by Richie James, which essentially gave them three points because they're already in field goal range, this defense only gave up really six points in that game. So very, very impressive, especially considering the competition you've played. We're talking about Detroit Lions offense that was top five last year. We're talking about offense with the Jaguars, with the Trevor Lawrence, who people think are going to make that next step to be a top five quarterback with Doug Peterson. So you're talking about two very, very potent offenses there, and you held them combined to only two touchdowns and no touchdowns allowed in the Jacksonville game. And, you know, we'll be remiss if we didn't mention Chris Jones first game back. Maybe you're thinking, oh, he needs a couple games to knock off some rust, to get back into a game shape. He wasn't there for training camp, none of preseason. He looked like the same old Chris Jones from last year, maybe even better. I mean, he was dominant, Aaron. He truly wrecked that game. He had a sack and a half, but several pressures. There was one sack, George Karloftis guy, which basically should have been an assist by Chris Jones because he got off the field so quick, which allowed uh, Karloftis to go in there and clean it up. So I'm really impressed by that D-line in general. You know, FAU flashed. I think he was the second highest rated rookie pass rusher this past week, according to PFF. So he's definitely flashing in his snaps. Obviously, I mentioned George Karloftis. We know about Chris Jones. And Aaron, this is without George uh, Charles Amenahu, you know, a guy that the Chiefs seem to be pretty high on. They took him from the 49ers. Obviously, the Niners have a very stacked defensive line there. So, you know, he, he didn't get that much playing time as he would, as he should get here in Kansas City. And he'll be back week seven. So this D-line could be really, really special, man, when you get him back into the fold. This is another reason why you should be tapped in with not only Arrowhead Pride, but also KSHB 41 for those on the audio only audience. I'm repping my shirt today with the gear. Had a chance to talk exclusively post game with George Karloftis, who did finish with a sack and a half in that game against Jacksonville. We talked about two things, the first of which being his comfortability in the system, entering year two, coming out of another Andy Reid training camp. Where does he feel like he's made the biggest jump? And it's a lot of the stuff between the years, Mark. It's a lot of the, the the knowledge and being able to understand, not just having to think the game, but also just being able to play. Just going out there and understanding what his assignment is, what his role is, and what the expectations are from him in the defense. And you showed, or, or what we saw in that game against Jacksonville, is just what he looks like when he's comfortable and the second thing we talked about was, as you mentioned, CJ95, what he can bring to this defense. I mean, we we were talking so long this offseason about, you know, what is he what is he going to bring to Casey when he gets back? And, you know, what are they missing if they were to move on from him? I mean, they, he showed you in game number one, snap number, like only played 51% of the defensive snaps as well. Like this is a guy that can make an immediate impact without training camp, without a lot of that stuff. And uh, his teammates around him feel that Karloftis in our conversation compared to the Shaq. I did uh, post that clip on X. <laughs> I did post that clip on X. So if you want to check out part of that conversation. But it, it, it's it's something that we're having to recalculate a little bit, in my opinion. Like I said, to lead into this, like I'm so used to the Chiefs defense kind of sputtering to start off, or at least in my time covering the team. Like I'm so used to 
Mahomes having to like will the team offensively across the finish line in the early weeks. And now it feel, feels like the opposite way. No animosity between the new two units, nothing like that. Um, but the defense and, and Trent McDuffie's giving voice to this as well. They're confident right now, man. They're playing like a unit who understands what their expectations are and is coming off a Super Bowl win last year. And, and they're going to be a hard team to beat if they continue to play like this. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Trent McDuffie as well. I mean, he's been very, very sticky in coverage. Yeah. How about Calvin Ridley being held to under 40 yards receiving? I mean, that was pretty spectacular, especially after he had 100 yards in the first half against the Colts last week in week one. So I think that was a tremendous job that they did on him. You know, a guy that I raved about last week saying that he's going to be the Stephon Diggs to Trevor Lawrence where he is, you know, with Josh Allen in Buffalo. So I think that was a really good job they did there. But it all started up front, man. They made Trevor Lawrence uncomfortable. I mean, he, there was some throws out there to be made, but he was off target on some, throwing a little high. But that has a lot of that back end it. zone too, man. That back end zone. There yeah, was the game might yeah. have been decided on that back end zone. To be honest with you, that is true. Uh, the guys couldn't get, couldn't get two feet in. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the timing was a little bit off. But once again, you have to give credit to that pressure because once you start getting that pressure early and often, you're not really trusting that pocket as much, even if it may be clean. It may be a clean pocket, but you're a little antsy now because you're so used to having pressure in your face on every snap. So I, I do think that got into his head a little bit and caused the timing to be off. So much, much credit to spags in that unit for having a stellar performance because that that game had an l written all over it based on how many penalties they had uh the fumbles the, the turnovers, turnovers man. three first uh, half turnovers just sloppiness all around man uh that that had the makings of a ugly chiefs l where now we have a different tune saying they're zero and two and is it panic time so shout out to the defense JV's hangout is hanging with hanging out with us here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Says Kadarius Tony really took the criticism to heart. Looked like a different player. Played a great game. I thought. Thank you for hanging out with us, Jay. I I, I thought the same thing. There was obviously a concerted effort to get him involved in the game plan and kind of reestablish some of that confidence. Um, but Kadarius Tony and I think maybe we talked about recalibrating and recalculating. I think maybe we're recalibrating and recalculating maybe what are some of our expectations were for him as far as wide receiver one and that kind of thing. We'll touch on that a little bit later. I kind of did a compliment sandwich with this with this Chiefs recap, right? So we talked negative off the top about the penalties. Then we did something positive in the middle with, as far as how the defense is played. Let's end on a negative here. And maybe something that we'll look forward to as the season continues. It's the running game, man. I text I, I text you about this, right? Yeah, you did. I maybe I was a little too strong. Maybe I was a little. Oh strong. wow! <laughs> maybe I was a little too strong. I still, I still stand by what I believe. I do believe long term they need to be better at running the ball consistently inside of the tackles. Mark, they have one of the best interior offensive lines. I don't even want to say one of the best. I'm doubling down. They have the best interior offensive line in the league yeah i agree in the league <laughs> why are they not running the ball in between the tackles and why are they struggling so the basis of this 
We're talking about the Chiefs running woes or running game woes coming out of the first two weeks of the season. In the first half against Jacksonville, there were four total runs for Kansas City, and only two of them were designed. What's going on? Yeah, and this is why I have pushback with you during the game, because you said they can't run. I said they didn't try to run, and you just proved my point. They only had two design runs. So how did you come to that conclusion texting me at halftime saying they can't run? Are you just are you saying that they just go into the game thinking, hey, we're just going to run two times because we know we can't run. We're not even going to try it. Is is that what your that's is that what your th- thought process was? Well, Mark, in my opinion, if you're doing something successfully and you feel like you can win the game based off that, you don't shy away from it completely. You don't they try even to try it. to see if they could be successful. Your first couple of your first drive out of halftime, kind of similar to what we saw in the Super Bowl against Philadelphia, they got Isaiah Pacheco going right away, and oh my goodness. What happened on that first drive out of the locker room, Mark? He busts a big one, and yeah. there the offense goes. Yes. It, 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 they can't run. They just have to choose the run. He, he had I know he had that one big run, so maybe you could say that skews the stats a little bit, but he still had 70 yards on 12 carries. The big one, he had 30 yards. But this is a team also last year in the two meetings against the Jaguars where they averaged six yards a carry. In both meetings combined against the Jaguars, so they can definitely run on that team because that team just hasn't changed that much on their personnel. It's pretty much the same team they brought back defensively. So I think it was a a thing where it was all just talk about the receivers and the drop passes in week one. I think they overdid it with trying to get them involved in the first half. You know what? We're just gonna air it out and try to spread this ball around and get the confidence up. That's what I think it was, because I can't think of any other reason logically why they'd only have two design runs the entire first half. Made no sense to me. JV, once again, chiming in on this, says, my feeling is that they don't have the confidence in the run game right now, so they're staying pass heavy. Look, I don't think that this is such a this is such a tricky topic because it's week two. We only have two data points to go off of. So either way, you're extrapolating either the very poorly or not enough. In my opinion, I'm going to stay where, uh, you know, I switched up, so I'm going to stay on that side in the words of John Morant. I'm, I'm still of the belief that Kansas City does not have an identity in the run game. And whether that's because Isaiah Pacheco is banged up, obviously he didn't practice here on Wednesday, was still out there taking mental reps. I do anticipate him playing on Sunday against the Chicago Bears, or is it because they have new faces on the on the outside, the tackles? Of course, we talk about them a lot in the pass game, but they're an important part of what they like to do in the run game as well, off-tackle runs and that kind of thing. I think when push comes to shove and Casey's in obvious running downs, I still have serious doubts that they can they can pick up some of those running situations. Obviously, it's week two, and we're going off very small data points, but this is something that I like here. I like, I like the tension here. I like you... I'm staying on on your side or be staying on mine. It's definitely something that we're going to look at here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. That's the Chiefs recap. Let's move on to our grab bag and what a big bag it is. Thanks to the Hunt family for Patrick Mahomes. QB1 gets a new deal. And this is something that we talked about in the past. I I want my my flowers on this one, but let's get into it. Mahomes and Kansas City agree to a restructured contract that will pay Mahomes $210.6 million between 2023 
2026. That's the most in league history over a four year span. That information coming from NFL Network, it could reach up to $218 million with escalators by the end of 2026. And the sides say that they will look again at the deal when that time comes. Let's hear from the money man himself, Patrick Rollins, at the podium here on Wednesday, and then will we react? I'm in a, I'm in a great spot. Uh, I got a lot of great people around me. Um, very thankful to the Hunt family and the Chiefs organization. Um, and glad that now I can just go out there and play football. And so uh, you get that security, um, and I already had it, but just to get a, a little bump and then be able to go back out there and just play football, I'm excited for it. You heard the flex there? Yeah. <laughs> I already had security. And I, 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 I was good, but, you know, the bump. The bump that helps. That helps. Mark he said a, a little bump. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? When you got this notification, what was your reaction? I was surprised. Not surprised that it happened. I was surprised at the timing. I, I didn't think it was gonna happen right now, especially um, you know, with the whole Chris Jones situation that we just went through. So when I thought about it, I'm like, this must have been in the works in the midst of all of that, right? Because there's no way this just happened in a day or two. So I thought, wow, Brett Veach has been a busy man the last few weeks or a month, right? You know, because obviously this has been something that he's had to deal with. And then obviously the Chris Jones situation. So, yeah, I think uh, credit to him. You know, uh, we're never going to get mad at Mahomes getting more money. You're talking about the face of the NFL. Uh, there's going to be no pushback there on him getting a raise. But yeah, I think the timing just threw me off a little bit. But I'm not, you know, I'm fine with it. Um, it's well what deserved. You mean the timing threw you off. I mean, like I just said, just the fact that the whole Chris Jones situation, we just got through that. I didn't think. Joe you know, Burrow the, just got the biggest deal in league history, and they no. announced it at the start <laughs> of your game. They announced it as soon as Bucker kicked off. They said, send. <laughs> you don't think that was intentional, Mark Gunnels? Well, yeah, since you bring up the Joe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, this is a reaction to Joe Burrow. You're right. It is. I, I still thought it, it would have happened after the season because you still have Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be due after this year. So I thought maybe you wait after that one because we know it always goes up and up and up. And I expect Trevor Lawrence to have a really, really good season. Obviously, I think they're going to be a playoff team again. And I think his contract is going to surpass Burrow. And then I thought, okay, then at that point, I thought you wait. You don't, you gave me a little look. You don't think Trevor Lawrence deal is going to surpass Joe Burrow? I don't know if that's guaranteed. I think we okay. all knew deep down that the two people that the two people that really I believe that were holding up this restructure were Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. And once Joe we saw Joe Burrow's number and the intentionality and the whole design behind that layout, it was only a matter of time before Mahomes got a new deal. And we've talked about this on this platform ad nauseum. I remember specifically telling you, do not let him get uncomfortable. Do not let him get to the point to where he's starting to get frustrated. I don't even want him to think about another guy's deal. I want to be in constant communication with my franchise. I don't care if he thinks he needs another deal or if he thinks he needs a raise. We want to beat him to it. We don't want him to ever feel like he is not being looked after. And it makes perfect sense to me. You want to be ahead of the curve. 
even if Trevor Lawrence does ball out and has an like let's say Trevor Lawrence has an MVP type year this year and does get one of those market resetting deals, by the time Mahomes comes back up in 2026, he jumps right back up again. This deal has escalators in it. This deal has potholes in it. This deal has little nooks and crannies and areas and ways all designed to do one thing, Mark Gunnels. Keep Patrick Mahomes happy here in Kansas City. That's that that's the goal. Yeah, anything else, anything else is, is secondary and really working against you. So I'm glad that this got done at the point in, in time it got done. I knew eventually it was a matter of time because you're not getting Patrick Mahomes on the homie deal. I mean, I, I'm sorry, respectfully. He may leave a little bit, he may leave a little bit for some other people around to get paid, but I don't think that's fair. I, I, and a lot of the conversation leading up to this was like, oh, no, he's good. He, he likes winning. He He's all right. Like, no, you, you can only go so long expecting someone to make less before they get it from somewhere else. Well, let me say this. And the reason why I thought they may have waited is because if you think about it, after this offseason, there's going to be a, a dead period of guys getting paid because everybody's going to already been paid. Like, as far as the young guys coming up, you've already seen Josh Allen get paid. You've already seen Justin Herbert get paid, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. And then after this year, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence and then maybe Tua. Maybe Tua. After that, who else? Everybody Zach else Wilson old. might get paid. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, like after that, like you, you really think about it, nobody else is going to be due for a, a while. That matters because you got rookies that are rookies right now. Obviously, that, that's going to be a few years. You got guys like Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill, like they're not going to reset the market. So after Lawrence and maybe Tua, it's going to be actually a dry spell for a couple of years. That's why I thought they would have waited after those guys so that he could be on top for a couple more years. I just always think it's smart to beat beat it to the punch. Like I don't you don't want to start negotiations or start conversations or start those type of things once it's too late. You want to always be working ahead of the clock and ahead of the game that way you can pre-plan that way now you can see all right nick bolton might look like this creed humphrey might look like this another name that we've been saying that a guy that may or may not get paid from kansas city legerious need might look like this uh you know my home's gonna be team first but at the same time you got to keep your franchise happy man how about another guy who's franchise-esque He's franchise. He, he he's franchise. He's core. Travis Kelsey. This is off. This is up your alley. You were the one that went to a Taylor Swift concert. Why did you even like like said that with hesitation? Like it's Travis uh, Kelsey. I, my bad. I was I was reading. I was trying to. <laughs> you said it like like it was questionable if it's if he's franchise guy too. Like that's crazy. He's only the greatest tight end to ever played a game. Some transitions are better than others. That was not my best. Travis Kelsey is a franchise <laughs> cornerstone for the Kansas City Chiefs. There you go. Say it, say it with your chest uh, out. <laughs> my chest. And he may be adding a, a new free agent to his roster. <laughs> yeah, you, you heard that... the Jason Jason Kelsey clip? No. I, was he uh, was you didn't he actually lying? hear the clip? No. Yeah. yeah, he said it like kind of tongue-in-cheek, but at first he was he was on the philadelphia radio station i forgot what it's called excuse me but they were asking him about it and he was like i don't really get into travis's love life and then at the very end he was like well yeah i think they are a kind of a thing basically paraphrasing so 
Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're Travis Kelsey, we heard about the rumors, last relationship, about maybe not being the most uh, <laughs> willing guy to go into his pockets, right? And then Taylor Swift is, I think she's worth, is she worth a billion yet? She's close. I think I last time I saw it was like $800 million. I don't keep like up that. with Taylor Swift news. I'm sorry. I'm, well, you know, I'm a Swifty now. So um, I'm kind of tapped in with her net worth. I think it's 740 on Google. $740 million. So where's my friend Braces? I should have worn them. I have them over here somewhere. Yeah, because <laughs> Biggest I was... artist in the world. Yes, biggest artist Yeah, in the world. yeah. She was just out here a few weeks ago on SoFi. For six nights, Aaron, six nights out here in LA at SoFi Stadium. What other artist is doing that? Michael six Jackson. nights alive. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were there at Arrowhead when she was there, right? No, don't put that on my jacket. See, now you're just being nasty. That, that's, that's what the streets were telling me. They said they said you were there with your friend bracelet, your friend bracelets. <laughs> Can, can we have an actual? Can we have an actual football? Just one football question off of this, and I could be. I'll hit the reckless speculation. I'm taking off my journalist hat for this question. I'm just speculating here, so please, y'all, don't clip this and get me in some hot water. That means you're going to get clipped. But go ahead. It's been a very active off season for 87, and our first taste of action from him uh, against Jacksonville. He looked frustrated. He looked uncomfortable. I know it was hot down there, whatever. I've seen him in training camp. He looked frustrated and uncomfortable then. <laughs> Getting in <laughs> fights with teammates. I mean, just like, oh. he has had one of the busier off-seasons for a guy not named Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's probably had the busiest off-season for a guy not named Patrick Mahomes. CAA new representation he's doing the podcast he's dating taylor swift the kelsey jam i mean he's had a saturday night lot like all of it are are we not are we not worried that maybe the focus may not be fully on football yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think it would be kind of naive to just assume that it is like it always is right i mean I would even argue he had a busier offseason maybe than Mahomes. Like doing mm. Saturday Night Live is that's crazy, bro. That's a big deal. Like for a non-quarterback, and, especially yeah. a non-quarterback, and a especially. The, yeah. And a lot of stuff we saw Mahomes doing, Kelsey was right there. So I mean, eh. and then the podcast and all of that stuff as well. So I don't know, but yeah, I, I do think obviously once the season gets more into it. Started, it's week three. Mark, it's week three. But he missed the first game. So for him, it was it was is this is week two for him personally. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, so I, I think once he starts stacking some games together, it, he'll be fine. I'm not really worried. I mean, just off natural talent, he's still gonna be good, whether he's hundred percent locked in or not. But I do think it's interesting though that this is coming out right now. You know, he's 34 years old. He's done all the stuff, like you said, Saturday Night Live. And now you're allegedly dating the most, probably the most popular artist in the world. Like, this is going to increase his celebrity to a whole different level. And you already did Saturday Night Live without the Taylor Swift, like, cosign. It's like, this could open up plenty of new doors for Kelsey (laughs) moving forward. (laughs) 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. That's enough of that. Let's hop back into football and preview week three. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Rolling merrily along here on episode six, Chiefs Coast to Coast, Mark Gunnels and Aaron Ladd taking you through our week three preview. Chiefs and Bears from GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. It is a 325 kick, 305. It's in, it's in the afternoon window. 325 your time. Yeah. 325. Wonderful. Let's talk about the injuries here cuz what a lengthy injury list it was for the Chiefs here on Wednesday first day of practice for the defending champs and five key players did not participate. Nick Bolton is dealing with an ankle injury as is linebacker Willie Gay who was out with a quad. Richie James seems to be the most serious injury of the group head coach Andy Reid says he was dealing with an MCL injury, which is a knee ligament did not practice. And sounds like it's going to be a while before he contributes to Kansas city. Once again, Isaiah Pacheco didn't practice with an hamstring injury. He was out there. I posted some video on X of him taking some mental reps behind the guys there. So there's little things that you look for when you're out there, right? If a guy's injured, but is there, that's usually a better sign than a guy who's injured, but maybe not there behind the scenes, rehabbing that kind of thing. Wouldn't be shocked if Pacheco returned to practice at some point and then played this Sunday. Kadarius Tony dealing with a toe injury did not participate on Wednesday. Legere Sneed alone, limited participant with the knee that we know will be bothering him all year long. Long injury list there. So I'll give it again. Bolton, Gay, James, Pacheco, and Tony do not practice on Wednesday. Mark, out of those names, and we'll stick with the Chiefs for now before going over to the Chicago chaos and everything they had going on on Wednesday, which name worries you the most headed into game day? 
for this particular matchup, I'll probably say Willie Gay. And the reason I say that is because you're going against a quarterback in Justin Fields who's probably the most athletic with the ball in his hands, uh, best runner of the football at the quarterback position. And I think Willie Gay is the most athletic linebacker you have. And you're talking about potentially spying him and things of that nature. I think Willie Gay does cause a is a big cog in that. So I think for this matchup particular, I think it's Willie Gay. I think you will be able to survive offensively, whether uh, Tony plays or not. I know Richie James will be out, but I still think with Kelsey back in the lineup in second second game, you'll be fine against a pretty bad Bears defense. But uh, I think the biggest worry for me is Fields and his legs, which is why I would say Willie Gay. A big injury coming out of the Chicago Bears world as well. It's left tackle Braxton Jones being placed on injured reserve with a neck injury. That's their starting left tackle that's going to miss the next four games for Chicago. And that's just the tip of the iceberg in Chicago land on Wednesday. Defensive coordinator Allen Williams resigned, saying he needed to tend to himself and his family. Uh, the statement reads, I am taking a step back to care for my health and family. I appreciate the opportunity to work with the Chicago Bears, a storied NFL franchise. He missed last week's game, week two's game against Tampa Bay, uh, dealing with some personal reasons and uh, has officially taken a step back from the team. There's that. There's the Braxton Jones thing. And then, oh, yeah starting quarterback Justin Fields kind of having to clarify some statements from the podium on Wednesday was asked maybe some things that could get better alluded to maybe some miscommunications with the coaching staff look man this is already an 0-2 team it seems like there are fires on each floor of that building <laughs> in the coaching in the in the in the quarterback room it, this is a desperate team that is looking for a win to galvanize the troops. Don't give them any opportunity, essentially, is what I have to say for the Kansas City Chiefs. If it's ugly, that doesn't matter. Do not give this Bears team anything to rally around on Sunday at home. Yeah. Um, the thing about matchups like this and the Chiefs are opening up as of today, which is Wednesday, they're 12 and a half point favorites, Aaron. 12 and a half. The biggest line of the weekend, biggest line of this young season thus far, I believe. Um, the thing about these type of matchups is you're going to face the most desperate team ever. It has nothing to lose, which can be scary at times because we, you know, she's, we're used to teams being aggressive and going forward on fourth down and fake punts, but this is like times 10. Like, I, I, they literally have nothing to lose. So I think all the tricks are going to be pulled out the bag in this one. The Chiefs are going to have to be on high alert. But like you said, I think getting out to a quick start is essential in this game because you could maybe psychologically just kill this team. Uh, with all the distractions they have going on this week, uh, with the Justin Fields thing, like that's not good <laughs> with him and the coaching staff. I'm sure that didn't go over too well behind closed doors. So I, I do think they're a distracted bunch. They're 0-2. Now you're going on the road to face the defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, there has to be a lot of doubt in their minds. I mean, I know they'll never say it to the media. They'll be like, we're going and expecting to win this game. Cut the crap. There's no way that this locker room <laughs> truly believes in their heart of hearts that they are winning this game. So if you can get on them early, 
that doubt just continues to grow and grow and grow. And this thing can get out of hand. A lot of daggers have been turned on Justin Fields. This is the guy that I wanted the Falcons to take out of the draft. Georgia boy had an opportunity there to take him high. And really, there's been a lot of theories this week. And I know there's one screenshot that's floating around that a lot of people have pointed out and just kind of him thinking too much, not being the same player that we saw at Ohio State at times and kind of some of the frustrations that are coming out of Chicago land. I asked Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes what his advice would be to Justin Fields. You know, not going into this game, obviously, but just at a grand scheme, black quarterbacks, quarterbacks in general in the fraternity, talking to one another. This is what Mahomes said to that question today from the podium. Just trust your talent. Trust your instincts. Uh, he's here for a reason. Um, he's made a lot of big plays happen in the NFL and in college, wherever he's been. So just trust in your instincts. Um, and then go out there and be the player that you've always been, just not against us, hopefully. <laughs> I don't think that he's going to be that player. And I know one of the theories I heard specifically, I'll bring this on, Mike, is that, you know, the new Bears coaching staff is trying to make Justin Fields something that he's not, which is a pocket passer. We think Justin Fields, we think dynamic plays on the outside, making plays with his legs. Andy Reid even called him today quite possibly the fastest player on the field when these two teams match up. I think the 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 I mean if you're trying to if you're trying to limit what this Bears offense can be, keep fields in between the tackles, essentially, which has been the game plan. I think Kansas City can have big success with that on Sunday if they do that. Yeah. I mean, through two games, Aaron, the Bears have allowed 10 sacks. Hmm. 10 sacks. And now you're without your starting left tackle. Can I introduce you to Chris Jones on third and long when he lines up on the edge like he did in Jacksonville? So I think this could be a big game. I think this could be a a two-sack game from Chris Jones. You're talking maybe four or five sacks total. I I really think that they're going to be able to get after it. I mean, you already went against two that should be elite offenses this year that were good last year in the Lions and the Jaguars. Now you're going against the Chicago Bears, where it seems like every single day on my timeline, I see a clip of Justin Fields ignoring open receivers down the field or him running into his own offense alignment. Like, I've never seen a, a team or offense get so overanalyzed that is so bad than the Chicago Bears offense through two weeks. I mean, I can't get away from it. You would think I follow the Chicago Bears media team, and I don't. But they're always on my timeline. So there's no reason why this Chiefs defense shouldn't continue to feast with uh, the Bears coming into town. Let's get to Vegas. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by a leading Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Yeah. <laughs> tell, me, tell me how I did last week, Aaron. Tell me how I did. You let the intro music play. I mean, he couldn't <laughs> even wait. <laughs> he had to cut off the music. like, wait. <laughs> I'm proud of you, man. You you text the group chat after, you know, you like, hey, better week. I'm proud of you. We were hard on you the first week. And this is how you respond. Mark Gunnels went two and one last week in his Vegas plays. And they were as follows. Under Evan Ingram receiving yards was the only miss of wow. the week for Mark Gunnels. And I know that one eats you up. He the number was at 42 and a half. He took the under. Evan Ingram finished with six catches on eight targets for 57 yards and the longest one being 17. So that was the only miss 
The good news is the other two were kind of gimmies. Kelsey, anytime touchdown, you knew they were going to try and find him in the end zone, and they did for the connection there. That's a winner, and then the Chiefs ended up beating the Jacksonville Jaguars by a score of 17-9, to and that worked out because we took the money line for the Chiefs to win. So that's a 2-1 week for Mark Gunnels. We are 2-4 and four for the year. That means we are one good week away from being back on the plus side. Mark Gunnels, is this that good week? Is this the good week you got for us? Yeah, I feel good, man. Let's get it. Mark Gunnels has got his All plays right. for week three. The floor is yours. All right, let me start off with this. My player prop. Well, I actually have, have a couple of them. So I'm going to start on the Chiefs side. I'm taking the over on Patrick Mahomes' passing yards at 285 and a half. Last week, he threw for over 300 yards. I didn't think so. It didn't feel like he did watching the game, but he did. Now you're going against a really struggling Bears defense. They just lost their defensive coordinator. I think that's a thing. I, I think back at home. And you know the Chiefs don't run the ball, so you might as well. Well, yeah, they don't run the ball. So, you know, and you're back at home at Arrowhead. I looked at the weather. It should be 70 and clear skies for you, Aaron. I already did my check on that. So I think it's going to be a great day to throw the ball around a lot. I really do. I think you'll get a lot of extra possessions in this game, too. I don't think that Bears offense will be able to sustain drives. So I'm, I'm counting that as well. And then also, how about this? Matt Nagy revenge game, you know, going against a team that fired you. Maybe a little extra, you know, I'm going to throw a little extra punch in there. I'm not, I'm going sure. to keep my Why foot not? on the gas. <laughs> you know, Dallas some deep shots, you know, kind of rub it in. So I love the over there. I think he throws for over 300 again. So I think 285 and a half is a little low. And then on the other side, I'm actually taking, I'm taking Justin Fields over on rushing yards, Aaron, on rushing yards. I got it at 48 and a half. Last game, he didn't really run at all. Week one, he had like 53 rushing yards. He, in his press conference today, he was talking about he wants to go back to being himself and not thinking too much. When I heard that, that instantly told me he's going to run more this week. He's going to say, forget going to my second and third read. I'm not going to think about none of that no more. My first read's not there. I'm taking off. And then this D-line is going to get a lot of pressure on him as well. So I think he's going to be very, very sporadic in the pocket and not trust himself the pocket at all which means he's going to say you know what i'm the best athlete out here so i do think he at least gets over 48 and a half rushing yards in this game and then my last play i'm taking the chief spread but not the full game aaron just the first half just the first half i got it at minus seven i think the chiefs got to a quick start in this game i don't think they're going to play around at all the reason I didn't take the full game is because I could see a scenario where Andy Reid calls the dog. Garbage time. Garbage you know time. I'm scared of that backdoor cover, Aaron. I, I don't want that backdoor cover. So I think the first half, you'll see him go full throttle. I think they'll be up by at least 10 points at halftime. So I think minus seven in the first half, I feel pretty good there. So those are my three plays. The over on Mahomes passing yards, 285 and a half. The over on Justin Fields rushing yards at 48 and a half and Chiefs first half spread at minus seven. Oh, I usually give my lad approval or my lad look at, at these picks, but I don't like this game at all, Mark. I'm staying as far <laughs> as humanly possible away from this game. It's too many points. The Chiefs never cover the spread when they have that many points. The Bears but what about have, the first half? You don't like the first half? 
Uh, the Bears have literally everything to play for. This is a team that is looking at their season and they're saying we could we could go zero and three and potentially have nothing to play for the rest of the year, or we could beat the defending champs on the road. I, I just I, it scares me. The Chiefs' inconsistencies as well. I, I, I like the fields over rushing yards because I think that that is, and especially in a garbage time scenario, I think that's where I mean he could just. You know, the Chiefs sit back in a soft zone up 15 points. And he can get that on one play. <laughs> then I look back, Trevor Lawrence had 26 rushing yards last week on five and two. <laughs> I don't even remember that. So this is a guy that's in a different athletic field than, than uh, no pun intended, athletic field than, than <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. So <laughs> I can see that easily happen. That'll be my, that'll be my lad lock of your, of your picks there. Some good, uh, good, good, uh, Good show here. Let me let me scroll through the chat and see if we got anything uh, left over before we get out of here. Uh, Joshua Dooley, I believe this is talking about Mahomes' contract. Says it actually opened up some cap space, so making a move for someone else to come in. Mark, do you think the Chiefs potentially could bring someone else in, or maybe an area of need that they could maybe add to around the trade deadline? Um, I mean, I've seen floated around. I guess we could just throw this out there. I don't think it's going to happen, but. There's there's Vegas odds if Mike Evans gets traded that the Chiefs would be the favorite to get Mike Evans. So why are you bringing that to our platform, man? I mean, you know, I I keep seeing it every day. I didn't want to bring it up, but you know, we got at least bring it up for at least thirty seconds. So there you go. <laughs> it's not <laughs> happening though. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> and you know what? The Bucks are two and zero, so they think they're competing. So if they were zero and two, then maybe you know if they just keep falling and you know potentially but they actually are competitive in the nfc south and that's the bad division so they're not gonna i don't think they're gonna trade them at all i got one little i got one little question before you before we get out of here we're talking about the chiefs running game i think that's where we're on opposite sides the most Uh uh-huh i'll set the line at 104 and a half rushing yards are you going over or under for kansas city against the bears 104.5 I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over. I'll go under, and we'll see the winner here next week. You're on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Good episode. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. I gotta figure out something Mark's got to do if he gets that wrong. I, I, I feel that confident about my take. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll double back on it next week. <laughs> For Mark Gunnels out on the West Coast, Stephen Serta behind the board, Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City. That's Chiefs Coast to Coast episode 56. Same time. Same place next week. Appreciate y'all.